0: Welcome to the Jerusalem Lights podcast with Rabbi Chaim Richman, founder of Jerusalem Lights, whose goal is Torah for everyone. I'm your co-host, Jim Long, and now here's Rabbi Chaim Richman in Yerushalayim, while I talk to him from my home in the Ozarks, here in Arkansas. Shalom, Jim. How are you? Uh, Baruch Hashem, we're doing very well, but I'm back home now because we had you and I were setting up Jerusalem Lights and doing a lot of uh, logistical work. But now I'm back home in the Ozarks. I just got off the plane and things began to change here in the great... Uh, Metropolitan centers of, of this country, you know, Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, Chicago, things are, are in lockdown right now. Streets are empty. Uh, our kids who, who live in Manhattan have gone out to their they they have, thank God, a home out in the the mountains. And uh, they're going to sit there for a while. But here where we live, we're, it's a very small town. Things are much different. Uh, schools are closed. Um, some of the restaurants are still open, by the way. All the stores are still open, and uh, they're allowing—they're not allowing uh, full complements of, of customers to come into these stores. But in some ways, life uh, continues as normal because in Arkansas, per se, we've only had 22 confirmed cases, and thank God, no, no deaths. But I understand that things are very different
1: right now in the state of Israel. The situation here in Israel is uh, pretty um, severe. Actually, the measures that have been taken from the government are becoming more and more severe. Now, now, thankfully, thank God, Baruch Hashem, uh, we do not have any any deaths um, at this point. Thank God, uh, we do have um, an increasing number of. Um, of people that have been diagnosed um, I, I the number now at at this point um, gosh, I'm not sure what it is um, it is uh growing it's definitely growing uh, every day um, currently we have a partial lockdown uh which is i would i would say at this time advised but not mandatory there is some indication that very soon this this will become a, an actual curfew will become enforced by law uh, police enforced um, we have um, uh, some measures that include um, a, a um, curtailing of public transportation uh, public transportation is now uh, ceasing at eight in the evening and only resuming uh, early in the morning. There are large segments of the population here that use public transportation. It's also been announced that it's going to stop on Thursday evening and not continue until Sunday morning. So there'll be no transportation over the weekend at all. Um, all places of entertainment are officially closed, and that is actually enforced by the police. So there are no restaurants, pubs, bars, cafes, uh um, halls for occasions none of them are opened the restaurants are only providing takeaway service with instructions from the Ministry of health that the that the um, uh, delivery man has to leave it at the door um, public gatherings were at first um, allowed uh, at, a, at a ceiling of 100. Mm-hmm. And then it went down to, to 10. And now basically people are advised that unless they have a, a very, very good reason, they should not be leaving the house at all, yeah. if not for uh, shopping uh, and other basic necessities. Rabbi, uh, s-
0: Israel is renowned for its uh, its uh, security measures. Uh, anybody who's ever been, uh, who's flown in and out of Ben-Gurion uh, knows that the security is, is state of the art. I mean, you—you you are a nation who, from the very beginning of, of modern Israel, have always been a country who has, uh, uh, who understands extraordinary measures of protecting a, a population within the size uh, of your, the, the nation. For people don't realize, you're the
1: size of the s- state of uh, New Jersey. And, th- these and measures is, are, are are, yeah. are severe; they're difficult for the populace. But I honestly believe that they are uh, being enacted by a government that truly cares about its people. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is simply the best way to keep people from dying. Um, this this virus, uh, if left unchecked, would uh, cut a huge swath in, in the population. The, pre- the shutdown of the economy is really, really unpre- unprecedented since the establishment of the state of Israel. Now, Many uh, countries are looking to Israel for guidance in this crisis, pre- uh, pre- precisely because of the reasons that you've given. Because Israel has been such an innovator and a leader in all issues pertaining to security, and also in medical breakthroughs and 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 in scientific uh, research as well, um, taking a tremendous, tremendous toll on the. Uh, on the economy, on, on, on the national level, on the personal level, there are, uh, again, unprecedented uh, moves that have been taken by um, the Ministry of, of uh, Welfare, by the, by the Bank of Israel, um, by all of those government agencies that uh, are seeking to ensure a security net, a financial security net for all those that are being affected. Uh, so... It's, it's really quite um, a time that we're living in, Jim. I think that you and I and many of our listeners uh, have never experienced anything like this in their lifetime. Yeah. Um, in fact, I, I, I would venture to say that all of our listeners, unless we have a listener who remembers the Spanish flu of 1919, which I think is probably unlikely, um, all of our listeners have never experienced anything like this. The world is... Um, it's changed really yeah. because of this, and and we do not know um, the outcome uh, at this point, other than the fact that um, this is the time that we live in, and and as I mentioned in the in the video that we uploaded this week regarding uh, our um, oh gosh our our um, relationship with Hashem and our and our um, and the encouragement that we need to take to ourselves to understand uh, you know how we fit into all of this um this is, is a special time, I think. It's a time when all of us are really being tested. It's a time for deepening our relationship with God and also our appreciation for each other. Um, well, you know, and, and, on, on a practical level,
0: uh, you and I were just talking about this before we began uh, the podcast. We were talking that you, you mentioned the idea that... Uh, you know, in a practical level, the, the trust in Hashem, the trust that we are going to get through this. You, you talked about the, the stress factor that comes from lack lack of of, of trust, and and how uh, you, you were saying you were saying something about there is a there is actually a medical aspect uh, about the the when you don't
1: trust, when you fear, when you when we live by fear. We are anxiety we are subject, and fear but- is one is one of the elements that actually that the that the growth of of a virus like this actually uh, uh thrives off of mm-hmm. and 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 uh, our mental state is extremely important. Listen, the, the fact is, everybody wants to know why is this happening. You know now, and, and I, I before I forget, I just want to go back to what we were discussing a moment ago. You know the situation all over the world. <sighs> you know. Um, uh, stock, market, stock markets are collapsing. Citizens are in panic. Uh, countries like Italy are, are, are really overwhelmed. And again, Israel was one of the first countries Countries that was uh, realizing the danger of the of the virus and uh, and I thank that I'm thankful that Prime Minister Netanyahu was so swift in stepping in to enact the emergency policies to, uh, to lead our country because this is a, this is the worst pandemic since the Spanish flu of 1918 and as more and more countries are being affected they're looking towards Israel's response the steps that we're taking now might seem disproportionate to the to the amount of um, of, of people that have been uh, diagnosed or, or, or that kind of thing. But actually, again, uh, we are, we are clearly taking a very, a very aggressive and preemptive um, uh, posture in, in, in this whole thing. So, so, you know, people are, are asking, why is it happening? Um, and, and, uh, and everyone relates to that in a different way. You know, people that, that are that have a, that are faith based, people that have a religious orientation, people that feel a connection to God and and that feel that everything is for a purpose, they are plugging into that and they are uh dealing with that on that level. But but here again, in that in in, in the world of the response of those that are faith based, you know, there are people that are saying that are there's always someone that wants to be God's spokesman. Mm-hmm. You know, so you find people posting things like, oh, it's a punishment for the gay person. Yeah, fill in it's the blank. A, it's a punishment for substitute your thing here. <laughs> you know, it's a punishment for this this type of this type of sin or that type of thing. You know, that really doesn't appeal to me. I I've never really appreciated that kind of thing. I feel that it is that it is somewhat arrogant and perhaps ignorant. And also presumptuous and out of place. It's not, it's not, we're not God. We're not His spokesman. We, ha- we have to deal with the situations that we do not choose, that we do not want, that, you know, we didn't, no one asked for the situation. We, ha- we have to deal with it. And, and the only thing that we know for sure is that it is a fact, it is happening, and it is part of a manifestation of, of God's will. And that on the, the greatest level, we do believe that the basis of human existence, the basis of the universe, the basis of creation is. Hashem's love of man and and chesed and kindness and so we don't we don't see the whole picture we don't we do not understand everything um, but but you know to to say exactly why it's happening I I I, I just I I don't I don't uh, it doesn't resonate with me I think it's I think it's wrong I think it's alienating alienating people and I I don't think that that's our call you know to express exactly why it's happening, but on the other hand, what it means for humanity and what it means for every individual is a different a different thought. You know, and what it means—what it means for the individual, for a nation, for all the nations together, and for the globe itself, for the world. This is something that I would like to talk about, and I would—I would like to connect this also to what I'm feeling, uh, that to the strings of my instrument that are that are resonating to this week's Torah portion and to this time, and in in the world in this time of man. But but the preface that I, I want to say is, you know, here we are at the edge of. I don't know. Is it the end of the world? <laughs> I really don't think so. I don't think so. If it, if it is, it is. But one thing is for sure. Again, like, this is something different, Jim. This is something that we have not encountered before in our lifetime and something that is changing everything. And people well, are think, saying, you know, I, yeah. one more. go ahead. Sure.
0: No, I was just going to say that, that, that you know my confidence, and I know yours, and and many of our listeners is in the fact that you know you 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 mentioned the idea of the end of the world. It, you know if you know since we believe in the promises of Hashem and and his prophets through the centuries, we know this is not how it's going to end. We or we have some confidence that that there are things that have to take place until we arrive at that uh, that storied a uh, place in time called the world to come. There's many, many things that God has promised us are gonna happen.
1: I and don't they think the end of the world at all, but I do think no. that that men have a Great talent for ruining things and messing things up, uh, whether purposefully or not. So, so no, I don't think it's the end of the world, but I, I think that it is. It is a a time of devastation. Clearly, it is a time uh, of uh, of an evil um, that is being wrought through the world. And and here, here, you know, we take it to the question of. The other side of the coin of why is it happening? The, fir- the first side that we that we spoke about a moment ago was on on the spiritual level, on the religious level, on the faith based level. Why is it happening? Why is Hashem doing it? I don't know. I don't think people should um, give their interpretation because I, I don't think that's our place, and I don't and I think it's judgmental, and I don't think that we're God. Um, uh, the other popular question on that on that same side of the coin still that everyone is speculating and posting. You know, is Messiah here? Is it the footsteps of the Messiah? Is it the end of the days? Is, is in, a, in, a, you know, in, a, in a positive way, in a biblical way, is it the time of the redemption? And here again, I don't know. But, but my thing is the way that I've always looked at these things, as I, as an, again, as I try to emphasize in the, in the video that we made this week, I don't care. I don't care when people talk like that; it turns me off. And the reason that it that that it that I, I react that way is because I find these things to be self-serving. I find them to be a distraction. Uh, we've been in this movie before throughout history. Mm-hmm. There have been so many things about which people have said, "This is it. This is it right here." Can you see it? I'm pointing to it. Mashiach is here, and it, that wasn't it because we don't know. And Hashem has many agents, and and history is is in itself an, an agent. And uh, something that that he uses. So, whether or not this is the time of Mashiach, and it certainly would be wonderful, it would be. But 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 when when people become very obsessed with that uh, kind of thinking, and when people become very invested in calculating and in interpreting things to say that this means that in in exactly seven weeks, seven days, seven hours, and seven minutes, the Messiah is going to come and we're all going to sprout wings, which, by the way, isn't, also isn't going to happen. I think that takes away from our responsibility right. to see to it that we make the world into a better place by making ourselves into the best people that we can be. And the whole Mashiach thing sometimes for many people becomes like, a, like some sort of default excuse for my just waiting as as a spectator, as a passenger in the passenger seat for things to unfold. Wow. What an exciting time. Wow. No, it's up to you. That, that is the crux. That is the bottom line. That is the foundation of the Torah experience for Jew and non-Jew alike. We are responsible. The buck stops here. Well, that's, the other- that's even the, the concept of this
0: week's Parsha. You know, the, the idea that, that the, this is an amazing thing to look at is that it was the people who took God's direction and they 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 fashioned the, the the Mishkan this beautiful tabernacle they didn't wait for it they didn't wait for it to drop out of heaven
1: and that that is that is so much a part of the parsha this week. I want to I want to get into that uh, Bigadol. Absolutely, there that that it, that means has so much to do with what we're talking about. Sure. One other thought about that 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 two sided coin about why it's happening. And you know, I'm t- talking about the faith based aspect of it. The other side about about that is being touted by the pundits, by the doubters, the scoffers, the the um, I don't want to categorize them too, too much, I also don't want to be judgmental. There's a, there's a certain school of thought that sees conspiracy in everything, that sees, that sees uh, a, a different kind of spirit in everything. I, Jim, I have heard so many conspiracy theories about the nature of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. A full range, a full range of movies about it being uh, the product of uh, of one government or another, a chemical warfare, biological warfare, about it being the tool of the new world order to bring the world to its knees, or the tools of the Chinese to bring the, the world economy to its knees, or or just the latest ploy of deep state to uh, to get rid of Trump, and and again about all of this, gosh. I don't know. I just know one thing. It's out there. It's very real. We have to protect ourselves. we have to we have to um, prepare ourselves accordingly and and whatever the reason, it's part of the time that we live in and And what does it mean for all of us, specifically is that we are we have to reevaluate. We have to re- re- realign ourselves. We have to recalibrate. We have to restart completely everything from from starts because this is this is a time of tremendous tremendous upheaval. And uh, I, I, I would like to apply it also as you as you began to talk about with um, with this week's Torah portion, Jim, because it's just unspeakable. I mean the the whole synchronicity uh, synchronicity of 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 the times that we live in and the reading of the Torah portions is is so staggering and so yeah. eye opening. You know we've been we've been uh, so immersed in the Book of Exodus for so many weeks now, and we've read of the entire saga of the descent of Israel into Egyptian bondage. Uh, for the purpose of their tikkun, for the purpose of their refinement. The sages of Israel referred to the Egyptian exile as a as a, um, a melting pot mm-hmm. in which the, their impurities were, were burned away. And they were forged into a nation that mm-hmm. was worthy of standing at Sinai and hearing Hashem's words, hearing Hashem say, I am Hashem, I am your master, and of receiving the Torah. And then they go out into the desert and they... Uh, And then Moshe has been on Mount Sinai, uh, receiving the entire uh, length and breadth of Torah. And as we've mentioned, the subject that's been emphasized the past few Torah portions has been the establishment of a house for God in this world, which which, no, he does not need. He does not need a house. He's everywhere. His he is. His presence is throughout the universe and in all of us and out of all of us and everywhere. But we do need this concept for us to be able to focus on in order for us to be able to draw our energy from an, a place of eternity and channel it to where it, it, it can elevate this world. And that's really the whole idea of the sanctuary and the experience of the sanctuary to, to keep alive the Sinai experience and to be able to live with God in this world. So so that's what we're up to now. Now, before we get to Prashan Vayakel, which is so intrinsically bound up, I think, with what's going on now. I, just a couple of words, Jim, about last week's Torah portion, Ki yeah. um, You know, um, we were dealing last week with the devastation of the golden calf. And trying to wrap our minds around that, and I spoke about it in our video last week, the whole idea of uh, disappointment you know of um yeah. you know that the kind of the um, absolutely unnerving disconcerting realization that on the simplest level of reading of the verses and th- their explanation by our sages the entire uh, disaster of the golden calf which was which reverberates throughout history which is one of the worst things that ever happened which is so incredibly horrific it all happened because the people made a mistake in in their timing because they they were so set on moshe coming down at a certain time and he tarried because it was a misunderstanding about when he was supposed to come down and they fell apart they freaked out they absolutely uh went to pieces and that's what this this that's when this whole thing was able to happen yes it was a foreign instigation it was it was something that that was kind of like a, there was a deep state involved there that got them to do it okay but the point is it happened because they thought that things had to go exactly as they planned and and that by the way that also speaks to me so strongly for for the time that we're living in right now jim nobody was planning on this i mean here in israel there are tens of thousands of people right now that are in quarantine we are being urged to stay 6 feet away from each other but it's not it's not a recommendation like it is in America right now, it's practically a law, and it's going to be enforced. I, th- I think very, very soon. Also, <clears throat> we are we are in in uh, in danger. Everyone is in danger. The question is: Are we aware of it? And are we being told the entire truth? I I don't know. I don't want to get into the conspiracies myself, but apparently, this is a very serious situation. We we are a people that love to hug and kiss. We love to embrace and uh, we can't, we can't shake hands. We have to be very, very careful, and you know why? Because we don't even know who has it and who doesn't have it. Maybe I have it, and I don't want to give it to someone else. Maybe someone else is standing next to me on the bus, has it. He doesn't even know because he's not showing any symptoms yet. Uh, you know, I went to synagogue last week, and I joked around with, with one of the rabbis. I said, you know, I want to hug you so badly. I said, I never wanted to hug you as badly as I do right now. You know why? Because I'm not allowed to. Yeah. That's that <laughs> verse in Proverbs that stole, stolen waters are sweeter. Yeah. You know, now the Sahara wants me to hug you so badly because I can't, because I'm commanded not to. I said, gosh, I have to write down in my little booklet that when this is all over, oh man, I'm going to give you such a hug. Anyway, of course we did the elbow bump instead. Sure, but but what I'm saying is, no one expected this, and no one is ready for it, Jim. Tens of thousands of people are home. Tens of thousands of people are being laid off because the industries that they're in are are on um, are frozen until further notice. No one knows what that means. People are in tremendous, tremendous financial crisis. No one knows. No one knows, and this is this is coming a week before the beginning of the month of Nissan, which is the most expensive month of the year, which is a time of preparation for Passover, which, where we have to have separate utensils, different food, everything becomes very expensive, and no one knows anything. This is obviously going to be it. You know how we say at the seder, "Why is this night different from all other nights?" Well, yes. this this year is this. Why is this Passover different from all other Passovers? We know the answer to that already. But what I'm saying is, when I plug yeah. this into the golden calf, Gym, the whole theme of that on one level was you know what don't it's not your world it's not it's not necessarily what you know you can't always get what you want <laughs> it's not it's not necessarily going to go down the way you thought just deal with it, just flow with the situation and i i don 't think we've ever been you know in a situation as much as we are now where we just have to take one day at a time and do our very very best and to, and 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 to me the the uh, the call of the day is random acts of loving kindness
0: yeah well you is know this is a, this is interesting it's there are two things that, that come to mind in in the reading of the first few pages of the parsha is that it's ironic that the first words of the Parsha are about the people assembling. Exactly. Unbelievable, Jim. You said it. Yeah. And the thing is that, that, Hash, is that right now Hashem is, is actually telling his people of Israel, hold on,
1: uh, you know, you can't do that yet? You uh, I, Jim, can't do that yet. You took the words out of my mouth and I, I wanted to go in a certain order here, but I, I have to, you preempted me. Excellent I'm point. I'm, no, no. I'm so okay. happy that you brought that up. I, I was going to go in a certain order here, but you're a hundred percent right. That, that is the rub here because this is the only time in the whole Torah. <laughs> this word is used in this sense that yeah. Moshe comes down from Mount Sinai And it is the day after Yom Kippur and he's bringing the message of forgiveness from the golden Mm -hmm. calf. And now with the same zeal that the people gave their gold for that monstrosity, they're giving their gold to build this tabernacle. And first of all, Jim, we are here in Israel now. Everybody is in this state that we call in Hebrew bidud, which means Mm -hmm. isolation. Yeah. And, 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 and my feeling strongly is that it's a time when we really, really have to appreciate community. Maybe we haven't appreciated community enough. Maybe we've abused our community. Maybe we haven't identified with taken it for granted because now that we need it so badly, we don't have it. I mean, you know, there's, a, there is a, a, um, prohibition now against having a hundred people gather together and, 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 you know, Ten people can go to the synagogue because that's a, pair, a prayer quorum, but they're not supposed to be more than ten in one room together. Yeah. People, people have weddings planned, and they, people invited hundreds of people. Israeli weddings, you know, sometimes have five, six hundred people, a minimum of three hundred people. People plan weddings small that, wedding. They, pay, they paid for, for wedding halls, and they can't do it. You know, there's a, a, a video going on on Facebook. Someone made a wedding in the supermarket. There's yeah. a big supermarket where every where everybody does their shopping, and in the supermarket you are allowed to have a hundred people. So they make their wedding. People are making flash weddings in the street. People are making weddings in backyards, and 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 the flip side of that is, unfortunately, you know, God forbid, people are making a funeral. They're not allowed to have more than ten people. They're not allowed to have more than 10, 10, 10 loved ones. It's 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 very very difficult the whole situation. So the the verse. Moses assembled the entire assembly, entire assembly of the children of Israel in verse one of chapter 35. And that is the tikkun, the rectification of isolation. That is, that is the diametric opposition of isolation. And now, ironically, the week in which we're reading these words that Moshe assembled the entire assembly of the children of Israel, we can't assemble. (laughs) And Hashem is saying to, Hashem is saying to us, I don't know what he's saying to us. We're reading the Torah, but wait! But why was he assembling them? He's assembling them for two things, and this is this is this incredible continuum of Parashat VaYakel. And by the way, I, I don't know if I mentioned we're reading two Torah portions this week. We are concluding. Right, no. We are concluding the Book of Exodus with a double reading. Mm-hmm. Pekuday is the last. Uh, VaYakel and Pekuday. So yeah. so 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 Moshe is gathering everybody in. Vayakel, and he's giving over to them the information that he received in uh, the previous parshiot, And he's having everyone actually execute the assignment. And, um, and there's, a, there's a certain continuum here, which is amazing. The first thing that he does when he assembles everyone is he tells them about Shabbat. Uh-huh. He says, yes. on six days, work may be done. But the seventh day shall be holy for you, a day of complete rest for Hashem. And uh, this is a, a, a huge public gathering. The entire nation is telling them about Shabbat. And there's a few verses here about Shabbat. And then the rest of the parsha is totally token up, taken up with the contributions for the tabernacle, how they were brought, and then the craftsmen, the inspired craftsmen, uh, who begin the work on all of, of, uh, of the vessels and... Uh, the thing is, first of all, there is a, a very powerful connection between the concept of Shabbat and the concept of of the temple, the sanctuary, the tabernacle. I I actually like to look at it as the very same concept, one on the dim, in the dimension of time, and the other is in the dimension of space. In other right, words. Because- yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Jim. Well, I was just going to say
0: that the, the Shabbat is the first thing. The first Shabbat mentioned in the Torah, of course, is the Shabbat of creation, and that's the first thing that Hashem or the Torah calls Kadosh.
1: Now, now uh, there is a there is a goal, there is an aspiration, there is a there is a a, a concept that in our lives of Torah. That we can sanctify the mundane, that we can bring Hashem into the world. That's the whole idea of the tabernacle. That's the whole idea of this week's Torah push, that we can we can elevate everything to divine purpose, connect everything with God, shine God in the world. And that and 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 you know, our reality consists of space and time in our own lives. Now, what Shabbat is in time, the temple is in space. Not not every moment is the same. No two no two days are the same. No two moments are the same. and And the seventh day is holy. The seventh day is special. The seventh day, Hashem himself declared that it is sacred. And so when we observe Shabbat every week, we are not just, We are not just commemorating that one time long ago, once upon a time, Hashem created the world in six days and rested on the seventh, but rather we are actually confirming that that is still an ongoing process, that He's constantly recreating the world in six days and breathing new life into it. So so Shabbat is an island in time, and Hashem is, is sanctified by our observance of Shabbat. And that elevates time for us and sanctifies it. And the same thing is with space that there could be such a concept as sacred space as a, as a place which is different than every other place in the world because it's the place that Hashem chose. And so, really, Shabbat and the temple are a twin a twin concept. So, so again, this this should I call it cosmic irony? Should I call it just this incredible? Uh, it's incredible, um, you know. Uh, Confrontation with reality that we come up with this week—that the very week in which we are commanded to assemble, to hear the words of Moshe about Shabbat, and to go ahead with building the tabernacle—is a week in which we are we are on pain of unpain of our lives. In other words, this is—it's not that we are. The government is just saying, no, you can't assemble. The government is saying, for your life's sake. Netanyahu said, this is not a game. Netanyahu said, this is not a vacation. You know, the children are all home, Jim the children are all home, the schools are all closed from, from kindergarten to university and kids and children of all ages are taking online courses. And Netanyahu said, this is not a vacation, this is life or death. He said, if you do not have to leave your house, do not leave your house. So we can't assemble. But what is Parshat Vayakhel all about? Why did Moshe want to assemble the people? To bring Hashem into the world. <laughs> to bring yeah. God into the world. That that Because because the, the source, the root of illness, of, of malay... Is the concealment of the divine presence? That's where this is all coming from. Look at the world, look at the world today. It's a world of, of denial, and so the whole idea here of, of Moshe assembling the people and teaching them about the tabernacle is to bring Hashem into the world. That, that, that's 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 our whole challenge. Well, now, the flip side,
0: I, the flip side of all this is is that on the, you know we have the irony of not being able to assemble, but on the other hand, nationally, the nation of Israel will, with all the stores closed and all the shops closed, there
1: will be a real Shabbat. Okay. So I, I got to tell Shabbat. you some, I got to tell you two unbelievable things, just left, right. All right. I, I am just beside myself. Okay. Peace in the news today. I don't think it's new, but everybody's talking about it. It is all over the internet. Peace in the news today is that the Pope. Gave an interview, I don't know how long ago. And in this interview, he is saying to all believers to keep Shabbats, to keep the seventh day, he says, as the Jews followed and still observe. Wow. It's a, this is an article appearing in Israel National News today that the Pope, it is a little video clip that the Pope gave an interview uh, and he says, this is what he said. Let me just read a few lines to you here. Supreme Pontiff, Bishop of Rome and leader of the worldwide Catholic Church, His Holiness Pope Francis has called on believers to keep the Sabbath as the Jews followed and still observe. He says, we live with the accelerator down from morning to night, Francis said in an interview, which has been circulating the web during the past few days. This ruins mental health, spiritual health and physical health. More so, it affects and destroys the family and therefore society. On the seventh day, he rested. What the Jews followed and still observe was to consider the Sabbath as holy. On Saturday, you rest one day of the week. That's the least out of gratitude to worship God, to spend time with the family, to play, to do all these things. We are not machines. So this is, this is pretty amazing. Now, the Pope is not, a, is not a spiritual authority for me, Jim. Don't get me wrong. And also, I, I posted this article and some, pe- some people said, you know, he's an anti-Semite. Yeah, I I don't deny that. He's been very anti-Semitic and he's he's also manifested tremendous anti-Israel bias. But all I'm saying is, is this not an amazing piece of the puzzle that's forming before our eyes that the institution which changed Shabbat from Saturday into Sunday at some point, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden that the Pope should be saying the Jews have always been observing Shabbat, meaning Saturday, and you should too because it's a good day to get off your, Self, your smartphones and to be together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, this is, yeah. yeah. Like I'm like, yeah, that's what we've been saying all along. This is, I would never, I would never
0: compare the Pope to Bilam, but, but even words of blessing and praise came out of the, can, can come, can come from, uh, a non-Jew and a non-someone who doesn't agree with Israel and, you know, I mean, you,
1: this is uh, I'm probably stepping into some dangerous no, territory no, no, here. J- but. Jim. Jim, non-Jews are wonderful and they have no, a relationship no, I'm not With saying. Hashem and they're spiritual. There's a there's a difference between between non-Jews that are that are plugged into Hashem and and the Pope. Uh, and and by well, the way, I, I promised I'm, I promised a, a viewer uh, who posted a question. Uh, I promised someone that I would also relate in this podcast to the. Uh, idea of um, the treasures of the temple, the original vessels of the temple, being in the Vatican. S- someone had posted as a response to my to my posting the article. First, let them give back the vessels from the temple. So I said, yes, I know he's anti-Semitic. I know he's anti-Israel. I know he hasn't changed his – leper doesn't change his spots. But I just think it's pretty compelling and interesting at this particular time that he should be calling on people to observe Shabbat and he should be acknowledging that the Jews had it right because that's like admitting that they actually changed it. And then I said, as far as the temple vessels are concerned, I know for a fact that they're there. But the fact is that they are – they've always denied that. And someone asked me how I know that, and I promised I would give a short answer here. And so the short answer is that I can't tell you, because if I do, I'd have to take you down to the basement. But the bottom line is, although it's been speculated for many years that the Vatican uh, holds uh, original vessels that were taken from the temple, I do know this to be a fact. I do know this to be a fact. And, uh, and yes, the, the, it, is, it is denied. Well, we're but talking, we're talking Second Temple, right? Second Temple, could, right, yeah, and, it, and it's very simple. What what happened here, Jim, is that the the uh, Roman Empire that was headed by Caesar, as you know, uh, became the Holy Roman Empire. That sure. when Constantine adopted Christianity as a state religion, there was a a um, there was a switch, uh, poof, and it became uh, he, and the Caesar became the Pope. The Holy Roman Empire became the the, the Roman Empire became, became the Holy um, Roman Empire, Roman Empire, and that uh, plunder that had been seized by Rome uh, became the property of uh, this institution, which morphed into the Catholic yeah. Church. I do know well, I, that the, that that many many items, priceless items, sacred items, are there, and. Um, that Obviously does not exempt us. Like you know, we, we're still obligated. We're, st- we're yeah. still obligated to uh, do our best to, uh, to 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 rebuild these items today, so that we will be ready. Yes, yes. Uh, um, Hillel Richmond gave mm-hmm. a beautiful presentation about the menorah. And gave some examples of how the menorah has been used as a motif by the Vatican for, for centuries because of the fact that it is something that is uh, within. Uh, well,
0: the other reason it's on the, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Titus' arch is because it is said to have financed the building of the Colosseum in Rome. That is that is one of the speculations of r- the reason it's commemor the commemoration for the the menorah, and of course uh, you know I'm working on a I'm working on a documentary about the uh, about the Vatican and about the Sistine Chapel, and the Sistine Chapel was actually said to have been designed to replace the Temple in wow. Jerusalem. Wow. So there's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot going on there too, which we could talk about
1: some other time. So so I want to emphasize that, I mean, the Pope is not a benchmark for me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not quoting him uh, as if uh, that's, um, you know, something that uh, is, is uh, pertinent to my, to to my, my point here, except for the fact that it is because it's all in Hashem's timing. This week of Parshat Vayakel, is Moshe's assembly of the people and teaching them about Shabbat, and honestly, as I, again as I as I mentioned in a reply to a poster, the fact is, it is it, it, this is something of great significance because the nations of the world are also commanded in Shabbat. They are not commanded in halachic Shabbat in keeping Shabbat right. according to Jewish law like the Jews. That is an intimate sign between the Jewish people and. And the God of Israel, the the non-Jews are not obligated to do that. However, the non-Jews are still bound to recognition of Hashem's process of creation, of Hashem's governance of the world, of the fact that Hashem renews creation every six days. And the seventh day was designed to be a day of rest for all people. And so, you know, because it has a twin aspect there is the aspect of shabbat and there is the aspect of yom HaShvi'i. so shabbat the sabbath is the is the is the the more the intimacy between israel and god and as far as what is israel is required to do to reflect that state of affairs on on that day but yom HaShvi'i, the seventh day is a day of family and rest and contemplation for the entire world and that yeah. actually had been had been uh kidnapped and and changed by that institution, so it, it is rather noteworthy for him to say this. But now, moving on to to the next point, which is more important and noteworthy, and you you also began to to say this, you also began to intimate this. And this, Jim, this is just staggering. This is just staggering. This is just. I have to. I have to just tell you, this is a very powerful thought. This very week that we are reading uh, these words in Parshat VaYakel about about Shabbat. Now, earlier in the program, I mentioned, you know, people talk about why is this happening, and people are, I think, too, uh, too um, glib. Too sure of themselves, or should I say, full of themselves? Too uh, too quick to be uh, to be judge, jury, and execution To be God's spokesman, they're saying it's a punishment for this, it's a punishment for that. I think that is extremely imp- improper, and I don't think that that is constructive at all. And I don't think that it's it's even the way that we should be viewing other people. You know, we we we're not Hashem's accountant the question it always has to be asked how do how do i fix this how do i take responsibility for myself how do i become better uh, and, and and not to apportion blame but the the thing is this though having said that because and i want this to be clear because i am not talking in that vein at all you know but there is something deep here that needs to be pointed out which is amazing Something is about to happen, this Shabbat, Jim, that never happened in the history of Israel since its inception. This is going to be the first listen carefully, because this is this is quite staggering. This is going to be this Shabbat that we're about to have this week, Parshat Vayakal Pekude, right? It uh-huh. is it is this week. This Shabbat is going to be the first Sabbath. In the history of the state of Israel, in which there is not going to be any public transportation, in which there is not going to be any work, in which all restaurants and places of entertainment are closed, in which there is no cinema, in which you are not allowed to go to the beach or to go to a park. It is going to be a Shabbat in which every family in Israel will have no choice but to sit together and look at each other and eat together and not hurry off because there's no place to go. It's going to be the first time since the establishment of the state of Israel that Jews, who never kept Shabbat their entire life, might actually be able to feel what it is to keep Shabbat. And so... Staggering. Why, why? This is this is absolutely amazing, and I'm not saying, "Oh, this is uh, punishment." This is no. I'm saying this is just a beautiful, beautiful thing that's going on here this week in Parshat Vayaka when Moshe is saying assembly, assembly to the children of Israel. And let me tell you that there's such a thing, my darling children, as Shabbat, because Hashem is shang, saying the same things thing to us, not as a punishment, but as but uh, maybe it's a reward. But Jim, all this goes back to the famous statement that our sages say: "Open up your heart in the deepest way." I can hardly bring these words out. They say that if the Jewish people would just keep two Sabbaths perfectly, Mashiach would come right away. So, Amen. there you want to talk about Mashiach? I never talk about Mashiach because I don't. I just don't go there because I don't. <laughs> I, I, don't I don't. I don't. It's not my job. It's not my job. Mm-hmm. and I'm not into the speculation. But you know what? If you want to go there, so say just say if the Jews would just keep two Sabbaths, Mashiach would come. So, the idea is they already kept one. The only time in history, the first Shabbat. After the commandment was given in the desert, the entire nation kept it, and apparently, ouch! Since then, <laughs> it hasn't been kept perfectly. But if we could keep one more, that would be it. So that that is just an amazing thing, Jim. I'm saying there's there's a shakeup going on here. That there's a whole recalibration. It, it's like it's like this. Okay, again, why is this happening? Is it deep state? Is it biological warfare? Is it is it? Um, I don't know. I don't know any about those things, nor, nor do I really care, because the more, most important thing is that humanity lives through it, and comes closer to Hashem, because it is a manifestation of Hashem's will for us, not because He hates us, but because He loves us. Uh, you know, people could, have, people did ask in the Holocaust, and in every situation in which Hashem's face was hidden, where is He? Some people walked away saying He's not here at all. Some people saying He hates us. Some people saying, no, this is going to make me stronger, because everything is a test. And that, that's that's how I look at it. This is not the first time that we've had to serve for Hashem's face and we just had to search for Hashem's face in the Purim story didn't we and by the way just a week ago when we were reading the Purim story what did Esther what, what, what did the scroll of Esther say it says that it, that it was given over for the Jews lehi kahel v'la'amod to assemble and to stand mm-hmm. up for their lives which is Amen. again it's it's this, it's this concept of, of assembly so, well, so, so 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 I just, just want to finish this one thought Jim so, so why is it happening I don't know why is it happening I don't know I, I, what does it mean? It means that we have to redouble our efforts to help each other. Random acts of kindness, Jim. People are in isolation. What about the older neighbor? What about the vulnerable? What about the sick? What about the elderly? People, people need shopping. People need babysitters. People need medicine. There's so many opportunities here that we can raise up the scales of balance for the whole world. But at the same time, Jim, listen to this, open up your heart in the deepest way. This whole idea of, of this, of this, arbitrary Shabbat that we're going to be keeping now here in the state of Israel, this whole idea of how this is affecting people all over the world that didn't, that, that, that weren't expecting this, that are suffering financial crisis, that can't leave the house, that who knows how their lives are being impacted by this. But let's look at the world for a minute. This is really deep. Jim, I've read that ecologically, just in the past few days, there are things that are happening because there's fewer planes, so, so there there are animals that are coming out of hiding. There is a certain amount of healing that that's taking place physically in the in the globe. People are slowing down. People are not coming out. There there is less there is less um, pollute, pollutants that are being put into the air. Who, you know what jim you know the whole idea of, of the sabbatical of the Shemitah, where where hashem says like the earth is going to take back its own you know sure. Ma, jim maybe this is happening you want you want to talk about speculation okay i can do that too all the speculators you want maybe the earth is basically saying to hashem you know what i've had it i want to be healed let's slow down and 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 start again you know what, Hashem said he would never destroy the world again. With a flood, with a <laughs> flood. But maybe we have a restart in the, in the most possible beautiful way. Maybe, maybe people are being shaken up, being called on the carpet, need to reevaluate themselves, need to, need to want to live and to, and to really appreciate every moment that we have with each other. And maybe we need to heal the earth. I mean, I don't know anything, Jim. I don't know anything, but that is the purpose of life is to be able to know that we don't know anything.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the, uh, the, the message to Israel before they entered the land from Moshe Rabbeinu was, you know, I call heaven and earth as witnesses and and that's what happened when you know the you know the seventy years which you know, you you mentioned, uh, Purim, they the uh, the reason that, that the Purim story even happened is because uh, the leaders of, of the Persian Empire miscalculated the seventy years, and you know they didn't realize that the seventy years was based on this the the total number of years that Israel failed to keep the shmitot. Right. Giving giving the land. And you know, the, the the you you just mentioned it, the air. It's not just the earth getting rest, it is the heavens getting rest, the right. air, the, the air above us. And you know, you if if anybody ever doubts the importance of Shabbat for the nation of Israel, just read the account of Ezra when when the people came back. From the Babylonian and, and Persian territories, and they began to resettle. Uh, it was startling to me to read this the first time years ago. The thing that, that Ezra brought home to his nation was: we have to keep Shabbat. If we don't keep Shabbat, it is the it is the uh, if Israel doesn't keep Shabbat, it is the source of all of our ills. It is our life. That is that's what he told Israel and and i the first time i read that i it brought shabbat back into focus uh to to me for the nation of israel and as you pointed out it's shabbat is something that the the whole world uh should look at and and should should practice but halakhically you know we we uh it's it's a day of rest but we 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 are not supposed to keep it exactly as our our elder brothers and sisters are commanded to keep it. My uh, my teacher of blessed memory, Vendel, uh, he he would celebrate Shabbat. But he said, "You know what I do, Jim?" He said, "I light a match on Shabbat." <laughs> he, he said that way, I know I'm not keeping it. I'm not stealing it from Israel. Wow. So so Jim
1: said, so this whole parsha of VaYakel is about uh, the reason for bringing them into assembly is to bring Hashem into the world. Which is our whole purpose. And well, the thing
0: I like is 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 that that this this bringing all of the, the 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 again the specifics of all of the materials of the mishkan that are brought into uh, the camp and and you have uh, Betzalel fashioning these things. The the most the thing that I I think also speaks to to all of us in this Torah Parsha in regards to. The the state that we're in right now is is it says all of Israel gave as their hearts moved them.
1: This is the unbelievable thing about VaYikkel is that over and over again we have these expressions relating to the heart. Yeah, uh, every wise-hearted person among you, uh, these the the you know every man whose heart inspired him and everyone whose heart whose spirit motivated him, and. Uh, the, we have the Nidivlev, which means the the generous of heart, and we have the Ish Asher Nisaolibo, which means every man whose heart and literally means whose heart lifted him, whose heart carried him. So, so the implication is that I don't know if it means that maybe not everybody uh, it was was involved, only the people that had a heart, or maybe it shows us that everybody did have a heart. But the fact is, there is this inexorable bond here between the heart and wanting to enable hashem to have a place in this world it comes from the heart and this is something uh, you know this is this is really the only place in the whole torah the only subject about which the heart was actually the motivating factor in mm-hmm. participation of of bringing forth uh, that which was necessary to to play my role in bringing Hashem into the world, and 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 here again, I, I think even though we are not able to assembly now, and the irony of of this coming out this week, I, I think that the the backdrop, the backstory, the challenge, the the entire basis of what's going on now in the world, not only in Israel but the whole shakeup of this of this Corona is about our desire: do we or do we not want Hashem to be in this world?
0: Yeah. and the beautiful part of that, the, when you when we talk about the the uh, what I love in reading this parsha is that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu finally had to say stop. <laughs> right. We you, you we have way too much. We we need we have more gold and silver and precious material than we need, and I I think that's a
1: uh, that's an amazing aspect of this parsha. And again, it is a double parsha. So we first read Vayakhil, which is about the offerings uh, that were brought forth and about the actual um, construction of everything. And then we have parshat Pikudei, which literally means uh, reckonings or accounting. Yeah. And the entire uh, portion is basically like a receipt book, which mm-hmm. tells us everything that was used, where it went, what it was used for. And uh, it's kind of like a a reckoning. In other words, lest one think that Moshe might have expropriated funds uh, in in a, in, in um, improperly or used them for his own personal use or something, the Torah seems to be taking great pains to. Uh, to bear witness, to testify for the to the fact that everything was actually used properly and that it was it was all uh, on the up and up. I look at it on a much deeper level, uh, and I think you actually you actually mentioned this in the very beginning of the broadcast. The, w- the way that I look at it also is is much deeper, but yet at the same time is very simple. And that is, you know, one might think that this whole task is superhuman. Is is uh, is so not possible for human beings to make a place for God to be in this world? And what the Torah is really testifying to is that under those harsh conditions in the desert, the people actually did this. I mean, we, we it, it happened. We we actually did it. It was it was us. And so the Torah is testifying in a very real way. You know, this is this is what came in. This is these are the people. These are the people that were working. These are the people that contributed and. And gosh, you know, you, you, hey, uh, kal kavod, you pulled it off. You re, you really did it. And and the amazing thing about it is, it didn't come down from heaven. It was not any more angelic than you and me. It was something that human beings strived for, were commanded in, took upon themselves to do, and actually accomplished. And then what happens? What happens is at the end of uh, Parshat Pikudei. The cloud covers the tent of meeting and the glory of Hashem filled the tabernacle and it, and it becomes this incredible uh, model world it becomes it becomes a place that Hashem uh, wants to be represented in so that he can continually remind us of of our relationship of the depth of our relationship of the sanctity of human life. And here again, in a, in a week like this, in a time in a time of man like this, with all the things that are that are going on around us, this is an affirmation of of the depth of of love of, that Hashem has for people and and His love for this world. This is where He wants to be, and, and uh, maybe we've messed it up. <laughs> maybe we can fix it, and it's really just so so compelling. picode which is this accounting. Which has followed
0: the building of the tabernacle, and and then the, it climaxes with the raising of the tabernacle up, with Hashem honoring it by filling it with His Spirit. Isn't this really a model for the resurrection of the righteous? Isn't this where where God says, "Make make the tabernacle according to this plan." So we know that we know that the tabernacle is. A model for the universe, for the world, but it's also it's also a model for for each man and woman to to build their tabernacle. For for the Jew, it's the six thirteen. For the non Jew, it's the seven. And we know that the sages tell us that if we if a non Jew keeps the seven, they have a place in the world to come. And at the end of our lives, there is an accounting. And if we have made our tabernacle according to the plan that he gave for each of us
1: individually, we will be raised up. So you're saying it is an affirmation of the eternal nature of, exactly. of the soul, of the soul. That's a very yeah. beautiful thought
0: yeah but in it's, the in the physical body it raised up in the the soul will come into the physical body when when we have we have done
1: according to Hashem's plan for each of us and again the simplest level of meaning is is the challenge to want to bring Hashem into the world to want you know you have to have a heart that has to ra- that has to raise a person up and say yes i want to, i want this i want to be part of this and that's really the challenge um, this is all also dovetailing very much into the fact that next week is going to be, uh, actually March 26th, is going to be the first day of the new month of Nisan. And the first day of the new month of Nissan is a very, very special day. We'll talk about it more next week, but it is the it is the first day in which the tabernacle uh, was in operation it was the first day of the divine service it was the day that the Shechina descended into the world the month of Nisan is a very very special time it was really the validation of creation it was the day that we read about in Parshat Shemini in Leviticus and it was on mm-hmm. the eighth day that was the day of the passing of Nadav and Avihu because of their misguided inspiration it was the day that the, that the Shechina descended into the world fire descended upon the altar and the, the dedication ceremony of the tabernacle, which was a seven-day uh, seven period, actually began on seven days before, which was the 23rd of Adar, which is this week. It's actually Thursday of this week. Actually, uh, my uh, wedding anniversary. Yes, oh. the, rabb- the rabbinic and I were married on the first day of the seven-day uh, inauguration period of the tabernacle. And thank you. And then on the on Rosh Chodesh Nissan, which is next week, that is actually the day of dedication. Every day during the seven days of the inauguration ceremony, Moshe himself disassembled and reassembled the tabernacle completely every single day. And then on Rosh Chodesh, he assembled it, and that was the the day of the first day, the first day of its service, and thus. This Shabbat is the, is the fourth and final of the four special Shabbats that precede Passover. This Shabbat has a special Torah reading. This is called Shabbat Parshat HaChodesh, the Sabbath of the new moon, of the new month. And this is the Shabbat in which the Maftir, the special Torah reading, is going to be from Exodus chapter 12, telling us this month shall be for you the first of all the months. And it's also the Sabbath in which we bless the new moon of Nissan. Jim, I want to make one announcement briefly also because last week Please, I mentioned yeah. that we were going to be having a, a new feature in Jerusalem Lights, God willing. We're going to be having, we're going to be beginning uh, live Zoom classes for our audience in America in English. Um, those familiar with our work might know that we've been doing zoom classes for India with a Telugu translation for a long time now, but, uh, we are going to be doing zoom classes and I was supposed to begin last week, but because of technical difficulties, weren't able to begin yet. So those who heard that announcement, uh, were dismayed. I want to apologize for that. And this coming Sunday, March 22nd, God willing, March 22nd at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is 7 p.m. in Israel. We are going to have a special class in the on the Zoom video conferencing platform, and it's going to be called The Power of Prayer. And uh, all are invited. Uh, I will advertise the Zoom ID. On Facebook, Chaim Richman, Facebook and Rabechaim com, And those that are not familiar with Zoom, um, you can join just by logging in on an ordinary browser. But it's much easier, especially if you have a smartphone, if you want to just download for free the Zoom app. Um, and um, you will receive the ID number. You just have to log in with the ID number, and then you can participate in the class. So that's do the math. I'm not sure where what it is in Eastern Standard Time, Central, Mountain, et cetera, but I know that it's 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, so wherever you are at that time, on Sunday, March 22nd, we're going to have a class live. Um, looking forward to seeing everyone that can participate at that time
0: all right and and i will also like to uh, urge uh, all of the the people who have joined us for these podcasts that if you if you look at the at the end of, because we post them as a video generally uh, if you if you look at the, the video you'll see the the web the url for uh com, and uh, that's the that's the, the new home for jerusalem lights uh, you can learn all about the things that the rabbi's been talking about. You can also find out how to support the work of Jerusalem Lights and, and uh, make this effort very real. Uh, and and the, the thing that always surprises me is that you, you invite people to write to you directly. That's a lot of email. But uh, if people have, have questions, uh, we might even answer some of them some of them uh, what during some of our shows possibly. Yes, uh, if they ask very pertinent questions. And which which of your email addresses uh, do you want people to use?
1: Oh, Rabbi at rabbirichmond.com.
0: Okay, all right. So we uh, visit us on, on uh, the the uh, Jerusalem Lights website, the Facebook page, um, and uh, I guess before we sign off, another. Uh, uh, urging all of you out there to please be careful. Pay attention to what your local authorities say. Uh, I want to wish good. everyone just a
1: wonderful, wonderful week of health and happiness. Be safe, be healthy. Shows blessings on everyone. We shall get through this together better than ever. And... Um, May it be Hashem's will that His countenance shines on all of us and we are blessed with wisdom, guidance, good health, peace, happiness. And may we rise to the occasion of whatever challenges we have in this this test and may we really be able to sanctify Hashem's name and see the challenges, the benefits, the good in everything help each other as best as we can and really uh, shine forth with, uh, with that message of love and kindness. And all I can add to that is amen, Rabbi.
0: Thank you.